up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. I'm so glad you're here. And today we're going to get into the scrapped Lizzie McGuire reboot. We've got some new details about what the episodes were about. The Wizards of Waverly Place reboot. Uh, the Vanderpump Rules spin off the Valley promo. And, and just like that casting update, which is like, okay, we're, we're TV heavy today. And then we're going to talk about some Caller Daddy drama because I can't not bring it up. No Pettyweight Champion of the Week or This Week in Petty because your girl is off to Vancouver. And I said last week I was going to be consistent episodes every Sunday. And that was just a compromise I had to make to get this episode out. So let's get into it. The Lizzie McGuire reboot being scrapped is my Roman Empire if we're still saying that because I do think about it very often (laughs) because Disney did Hillary Duff so dirty so they announced the Lizzie McGuire reboot at the Disney Plus streaming service like grand announcement grand opening or whatever and they're like you know we're creating Disney streaming services yeah it's gonna have all the Disney classics on there but it's also gonna have new content a la the Lizzie McGuire reboot and everyone was wild like I feel like this was one of the reboots because I feel like a lot of people don't like reboots you know the Gilmore Girls one (laughs) why is that the only one I can think of right now there's like a million reboots but anyways like I feel like usually people are like okay obviously I'm stoked for new content and to be in that world again and the nostalgia factor but like they could really fuck stuff up here and we don't want to tarnish you know, the reputation of the show, the legacy of a show. And so I feel like sometimes they can just be done so poorly. So people are apprehensive. Fair enough. But I feel like the Lizzie McGuire reboot was universally liked. Like I think people were fucking stoked and they scrapped it. So kind of annoyed that they used that as like, I don't know, part of their big announcement. I thought that was like At least that was the only thing that like appealed to me at the time and then went back on their words. So basically the TLDR of this situation, if you haven't been following since the beginning, because I've covered it many times on this podcast. But what happened was Lizzie is 30 or she's like 29 turning 30 in the show. And it is like a 30 year old's life. So that includes hooking up with people like uh, she has a sex life. So like whatever. And Disney was like, yeah, that's not appropriate because apparently if there's like a you know a child star like a a kid that we watch on tv that you should stay the same age forever and again pissed about that because it sounded like the way that the cast and the the writers and production and stuff like that were taking it really seriously and really they were really thoughtful about it and because I know Hilary Duff and like her recent work on how I met your father and younger like I don't think it was gonna be like gratuitous or anything like it was just gonna be depicting a 30 year old's life so anyways fast forward two years later I think it was January 2023 I guess where she said she would still revisit it if Disney conceded if they said yes you can do the storylines that you want to do but we haven't had like haven't heard a peep since then and then this week Jonathan Hurwitz decides to take to TikTok and does what we were all hoping someone to do. He spill, spills the details on the first two episodes, which they shot. So yeah, they wrote and shot two episodes with the cast, with Hillary, etc. They had Matt, Gordo, the parents reprising their roles. I think that she kind of had a falling out with Miranda, who is played by Lilane. 
or maybe Disney Channel did, or maybe she's not into acting anymore, but I don't think she was reprising her role, but we were also getting Ethan Kraft, maybe Kate, like it, it was just going to be epic. And so he says that episode one starts in New York where Lizzie is an interior designer and she's dating a famous chef. She's 29 and it's a serious relationship, but she finds out he's been cheating on her with her best friend. So she goes back to California and her childhood home and she's in her childhood bedroom, which like iconic, like it would be the same set as it was before. I would love to see all the, you know, early 2000s like tech and stuff like that all the colors like oh I I was so excited and she reunites with the animated Lizzie who has been there waiting for her and then in which is kind of interesting because now that I think about it I think the animated Lizzie I know the animated Lizzie didn't come to Italy with her so she must be like a figment of her imagination, like in her childhood bedroom or whatever. So yeah, really interesting. So in episode two, she reunites with Gordo, who is engaged with a kid on the way. They were in touch via text over the years, but nothing like super close. And Lizzie gets a text from Ethan Kraft sliding into those DMs uh, that she's back in town and they they sleep together, which is like, you know, like that's amazing for Lizzie (laughs) like she dreamed of that for so long and she wakes up in his bed and she's wearing his water polo t-shirt and the animated Lizzie pops out and has a checklist and Ethan is on the checklist and then she goes check that box and then she says twice Ah! it's so funny and like I think realistic and I don't know just everything so we'll see if we ever get those episodes released or maybe they pick back up after they see how viral this TikTok is going we'll see but I'm still holding out for a reboot next the Wizards of Waverly Place reboot is happening which if you don't remember this was Selena Gomez's big break on the Disney channel where she is a witch Alex Russo and the show ran in like the early 2010s and she sings the the intro song like all that stuff super super cute and Disney ordered a pilot for the sequel and it will be executive produced by Selena Gomez herself and David Henry, who plays her older brother, Justin. The writers and executive producers, Jed Elenoff and Scott Thomas, who write and produce her Raven's Home, which is the That's So Raven spinoff, are going to be working on this project, which makes me excited that like it's gonna be I feel like some Disney Channel vibes where it's like multi-camera shots laugh track like all of that fun stuff that we got in That's So Raven and Wizards but it's interesting that they're not going the route <laughs> route okay so I've been seeing route but my mom's like you live in Canada say route so I don't know why I picked up route but anyways it's interesting that they're not going the same route as the Hillary Duff Disney like reboot because okay so like clearly they're going this like safer r- route because it's not gonna be racy or anything like that the Lizzie McGuire reboot wasn't like multi-camera like shot in front of a studio live studio audience like anything like that like it wasn't going to be like that I guess the show wasn't really either where wizards and that's who Raven are but yeah it's interesting that they're sticking with that format because 
I feel like a lot of the people who will be watching this are people my age or like maybe 20 or whatever, like in their 20s, early 30s because of the nostalgia. And I feel like that just doesn't play. Like I feel like like Raven's Home, I did check out a few episodes, but I didn't continuously watch it because while I loved seeing those characters again, I don't like that format of TV anymore. Like it was a format that I liked when I was, you know, 13 or whatever. And I feel like it's the same. So I guess you're just capturing the audience. I guess it still watches Disney Channel. But like, I want that to be me. But you're not allowing me to. Anyways, the show is going to star Selena in the first episode. But I don't think she's going to be a series regular. But David Henry is because he's going to be the main character. Which, like, fucking LOL. I think it's good. Like, he always kept in touch with Selena over the years. And, like, clearly it paid off for him. So, Selena is going to be one of the executive producers. Um, I realized also that she's on Hulu, which is a you know, Disney Corp and that streaming service hosts only murders in the building. So obviously she's been working with this big conglomerate for a long time. So the premise is that Justin Russo left his wizard powers behind at WizTech, which I think is like the wizard college. You know how during the show they were like contemplating like, you know, if they wanted to be wizards, if they just wanted to be normal people, like blah, blah, blah. And he has a wife and two sons And he lives a normal, magic-free life. But a powerful young wizard in need of training shows up at his door. And he, like, has to help the child, I guess, realize her powers or whatever. Not loving, not loving the premise. Not loving that, that, (laughs) that Justin, like, he was, sure, he was funny in the show. But it's, like, I don't know, didn't, like, love him. Where's Harper? Where's the dad? They've been doing that fucking re- rewatch podcast for years now like cut them some slack like I don't know I am a little less excited but I would be very excited if Selena redid the intro song but now that I'm thinking about it if it's just about Justin why would they do that uh so yeah I'm like mid mid temp on this would be more stoked if it was Lizzie McGuire Okay, let's move on to the Valley. So if you don't know, the Vanderpump Rules world is expanding because they are doing a spinoff show starring Jackson and Brittany and their son Cruz, which is really interesting because obviously they've really tried to make Jackson and Brittany happen. They had the Jackson and Brittany take Kentucky. They had Watch with Brittany Cartwright and Jax Taylor. He's back on VPR after like I think three seasons off in season 11 as I think a friend of. And you see in the trailer, he's just like riding in on one of those toy cars that are so redonk that are like a mini version of like a Mercedes Benz or like a G-Wagon or whatever. It actually really reminded me though of him riding his cooler in season six from his apartment to the Bubba's apartment because he just like looked the exact same with like his knees scrunched up and I'm currently watching season six so it's like just ripe in my mind but I am excited to see you know what their day-to-day lives are just because I'm like nosy and stuff like that and 
it's always interesting to see kind of like not failed reality stars, but reality reality stars like over the big hump of their fame. And then we have Kristen and Luke. Obviously, Kristen from uh, VPR. Uh, she was fired from the show, and she is dating a man named Luke, who is from Colorado. And they're settling down in the valley. They have three dogs. They want to start a family. And they're deciding if they should stay in LA or go back to Colorado where Luke is from. And then we have Danny and Nia. Danny met Jax on a night out. I don't think it said when, but uh, they have three children under the age of two, which is nuts. And then Jesse and Michelle. Jesse was a model with Jax in New York back in the day. And they have a three-year-old daughter. They are a team of real estate brokers, which I'm just like, also it's like friends with Jax, like these people are going to be psycho. (laughs) And then we have Jason and Janet, who they are friends with Brittany, Kristen, and Jax. Um, They've been friends for years from back in their West Hollywood days. They have a newborn. Jason is a lawyer and Janet right now is a stay-at-home mom, but was an executive assistant. Um, I don't know if she's on mat leave or she's a stay-at-home mom, but it seems like she's taking a break from that aspect of her career. And again, I'm just like, okay, wild times if they've known the cast for a while. I am kind of stoked. I thought this was going to be like a bunch of randos. So I've said this time and time again, but the TV shows that really, really work, like I think the Jersey Shore was an anomaly But the TV shows in my eyes that really work are when the cast were friends. I think about Shaws of Sunset all the time. If you have never watched that show, you should really go watch it. It's, I feel like, one of the best Bravo shows. But Vanderpump Rules is another one. Like, there's just something about when a cast is friends or know each other before. Obviously, like, Laguna, The Hills, like, that type of stuff versus when they put together a cast like Jersey Shore again that's not a good example because they really really worked out but there's so many shows where they just like pick a cast and then like a lot of the I feel like the Real Housewives franchises it's like the franchises I feel like that work the best are ones where they have been friends for years before the show and so I thought this show was going to be cast with so many more randoms than it actually is it seems like everyone has a connection to either Brittany, Jax, or Kristen, and I'm glad for that. That's like the only potential I see in the show because it, the premise seems like it's their shot at adulting when most of the cast is in their late 30s or early 40s. Um, like me, they maybe should have said like, you know, they're settling down, not a shot at adulting. A, we don't say adulting anymore, and B, like, they have been adults for, like, 20 plus years, so it seems weird. Maybe it's, like, hanging up their boots and settling down, but I guess that's not, like, a super, you know, sexy, exciting show. So anyways, yeah, we have just Jasmine, who I am so stoked for because it's her and her girlfriend, Melissa. She is a former server, so I'm excited to hear about that because... I know her from Bachelor Nation. She was on Nick Vial's season and I used to be a Bachelor diehard and I remember her as the former NFL cheerleader. Had no idea about her connection to Sir. So this is very interesting, super fun. I'm very excited for that. 
And I, I know she's good TV. And then Zach, who's Brittany's best friend from college, he's the only singleton. So yeah, I'm really, I, I don't want to say I'm really excited, but I think I'm really excited for the premiere. We'll see how the rest pans out. Like, I think that getting new content is fun. I don't know if I'll stick to this TV show, but I'll definitely be, che- be checking it out. And let me know if you're checking it out too. I'd be really curious to see, especially my like VPR diehards. I know that Lisa is doing that other show in France, which I talk about again, a cast where you're just like picking randos. And it's based on the staff at, is it like her chateau or like a hotel or something? I don't know. But I'm kind of excited for that too. It's giving like below deck vibes a little bit. A little bit Downton Abbey, upstairs, downstairs people. So I'm also excited for that. Okay, let's move on to, and just like that, there is a casting update. Allegedly, Sarah Ramirez has been dropped from a just like that. They claim, they talked on their Instagram that they claim it's because they have been protesting um, Israel and they have been sharing and demanding, sharing information and demanding a ceasefire um in Gaza and like I wouldn't doubt that like I think we we've heard this uh quite a bit uh recently and again I wouldn't doubt that you wouldn't put it past Hollywood but allegedly because I think there there's been a lot of discussion about award shows and how no one or barely anybody is speaking up about what's happening in Gaza. And allegedly the like, I guess companies, production companies or whatever are kind of saying like, if you ever, if you ever want a job in this town again, like the fucking mean girl in a movie or something like that, you won't say anything about Gaza. And like, I literally think people say that like if you ever want to be nominated for an award if you ever want to be a presenter or whatever you can't say anything which is fucking gross to make such a horrendous tragedy to make it like such a strategic game and to put people's careers on the line not saying that the like the actors and stuff not saying anything is justified at all absolutely not but like to put people's careers kind of on the line for them to not speak out about political issues and social injustices is just so fucking gross and so I wouldn't doubt it that HBO or whoever is the showrunners or whatever was like we can't have this mess on our hands basically so we saw that on Sarah's Sarah's Instagram stories and then a source close to the show you know hit the press and was like no that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard apparently Sarah's character Che Diaz has been on the chopping block since last season because their character held quote-unquote held no value anymore and was annoying and when I say I was LOLing so fucking hard like I was I, I was crying. I feel like in my bed with my little Laffy Dobby, absolutely tears streaming down my face. Not because they held no value. It's like, so you're saying representation and uh, this character that you've built up for two years holds no value. That's absolutely ridiculous and such a gross thing to say. Like after diversifying your cast and then absolutely leaving this person out to dry is so 
fucking gross. And I know that there's been a really mixed reaction to Che Diaz. I think a lot of gender non-conforming folks and non-binary people are talking about how, you know, they didn't like the the character per se like they thought that they were kind of like a 2d representation of a non-binary person and I, I I don't disagree with that at all and was Che Diaz annoying yes but did they hold no value no absolutely that that's fucked I really think that's fucked I do understand if they were going to be you know less of a main character kind of like like we see with you know Lisette, Naya, Seema, Anthony, and Lisa, Lisa Todd Wexley but because they had broken up with Miranda and obviously the show is basically it's formed around Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte at this point so I could totally see them becoming a storyline kind of like Naya or Seema etc because yeah they're not dating Miranda they have their comedy career they have their vet tech job and they might be dating a new person but to like completely write them off the show is I think wild to me absolutely wild so far technically I guess this is it's kind of true because I think Sarah like obviously was like hinting at it but technically we have no statement from the show or from HBO or the cast so we'll just see it's not supposed to return till 2025 but i but i'll be interested to hear more about what happened okay let's move on to our last story collar daddy t so I've covered the collar daddy scandal since august 2020 when it broke so lots of content if you are looking for like updates but there's been some new tea that is just like so wild that again three years later we are talking about it but Back in November 2023, Sophia was on her podcast, Sophia with an F, and she was talking with a guest, and they were talking about struggling with mental health issues, and there is a clip that went viral on TikTok from the episode that was like, Sophia was saying, I love my mental illness, Um, and the guest is like, yeah, me too, it makes me me, and they received a lot of backlash for glamorizing mental illness from the clip they look like pretty high functioning Uh, not to say that they there are times where they are low functioning but like they you know are two very put together women hosting a very successful podcast it was kind of glamorizing it so basically trisha paytas who is a famous youtuber responded to the video and she's like I actually hate my mental health like it is ruined relationships I've lost you know a lot of opportunities or whatever from having this which I think is a more realistic way of viewing mental health and she says it's totally okay if you do it's really hard to see functioning people that are not complaining but like you know griping over mental health when it's like you look like you are functioning you have a successful podcast, you are like not taking any hits financially, et cetera, et cetera. And Sophia was like, I think it's super damaging to tell people how they should express their own mental illness, which like, yeah, to a point for sure, but you're kind of weaponizing that. Like that wasn't the message of uh, what Trisha was saying. And then she says like, especially from a girl who looks like they have electrocuted hair all the time. So then Trish (laughs) responds on a podcast. Sophia responds as well. And they seemingly make up. Sophia goes like, I just was triggered by that because, and like I snapped, I snapped and I, I was, that was inappropriate because Trisha truly wasn't even saying anything negative towards me 
it was just kind of about those statements and just telling people if you are not high functioning or functioning all the time at like what society deems as an acceptable level, it is okay. So all is well. She ends the video with from one crazy girl to another. Trisha, I would die to talk about it with you here on the show in private in an airplane like whatever i do want to discuss this with you you are harder to get in touch with than the president and that like trisha didn't respond that's that on that flash forward to this week and trish is a guest on call her daddy and the way that you cannot tell me otherwise this was pointed (laughs) like this had to be If you look at fucking the previous guest on Call Her Daddy recently, Lucy Hale, I like, I don't watch. I'm like, Zane Malik, Katie Couric, like, I don't know. They like, just like high profile people. Not that Lucy, no offense, Lucy Hale. Sorry that you're catching a stray on Ready to Be Betty. But like, you know, there's just a level I feel like of guest that Call Her Daddy has. Not saying that Trisha or Trish doesn't have that level of fame, but I don't think she has the level of mainstream fame that Call Her Daddy guests usually have. I think she has internet, like chronic, chronically online internet user fame. And so I was like, okay, this is already sus. And then Trish brings up on the episode about... Uh, Sophia and, and like the whole drama a few months ago and Alex straight up pretends that she doesn't know who Trish is talking about because Trish doesn't name names and the way it's like Alex I know you have a finsta dedicated to just creeping what Sophia does and it's like Alex you are the girl that has google alerts on as reading every article and is in those reddit pages and everything like that and I Hey, I would be too. No tea, no shade. I'm just saying you knew what happened. There's not, I feel like, a Sophia with an F piece of information that you don't know. So anyways, she pretends she doesn't know. The clip finds its way to Sophia and Sophia takes to her Instagram stories and says like, I didn't read the whole episode, but people pointed out to me about the way that Shush was talking about me and the incident. She says, I created Call Her Daddy. Again, not wrong. She said, Alex stole everything, which like, correct me if I'm wrong, because again, have been following this for a long time. I don't think she's ever been that explicit. I think she's she's been like, yeah, I was there at the exception. I was a founding father. I like, you know, created created aspects of the show and language for the show and stuff like that. I don't think she has been so explicitly saying like, I created the show and Alex stole everything. Which again, I, in the color daddy, like grand scheme of things, I am on Sophia's side. I think, I think it's kind of, it's, it's hard. I feel like both of them were needed for the show. And Alex did a lot of the editing and maybe some of the like conceptual stuff. But I think that Sophia brought all the funny stories. And I think she created a lot of the language around color daddy, like founding fathers, like unwell and stuff like that, that Alex has just continued to use and hasn't, it seemed like, created anything as prolific as those words. Anyways, she says Alex is desperate for views and Sophia apologized to Trisha so she doesn't see why she would go on that particular show and talk about it. And I'm like, we know exactly why, because it's going to get huge ratings and 
that clip is going to go viral and you're going to be talking about it. And then there's people who are going to be podcasting about it. Like it, if Trisha didn't say that story, I wouldn't have heard about it. Like heard, I would have heard about her being on Call Her Daddy, but I wouldn't have heard of any of the content of the episode. So like, that's exactly why they did that. So then on, I guess this is maybe our Pettyweight Champion of the Week, little impromptu sesh, a little impromptu nomination. But like then the Color Daddy Instagram account posts a meme and it's a little note that says your hair is pretty written by a child. And I think it's something that went viral years ago. Then it says Daddy Gang's note to Trisha. The next time someone tells her, it looks like she got her hair electrocuted, which is like, okay, like, again, you had this fucking at the ready to post it as soon as you knew that this was going to blow up. So, so it's like, I see the strategy. I appreciate the strategy. It, It fucking worked. And I don't think we'll ever get a reconciliation. I the the way the vitriol Sophia had in her voice when she was talking about Alex, which like again, fair enough. Her life is so much different now. Sophia with an F is still a, a big podcast. Don't get me wrong, but Color Daddy is I think like number one or number two. It never left. Even it was it was at that ranking when Sophia was on the show as well. And we all know about the 60 million Spotify, 60 million dollar Spotify deal. And we see the, you know, the way Alex lives and stuff like that. Not that Sophia has like, you know, lives in squalor or anything, but it's not the um, fucking probably like, I don't know, 10 million dollar mansion that Alex lives in. And then she's with Matt Kaplan, who has this movie production company. So it's like they are you know, launching their own company called Trending. Like, it's just, it's a lot more than just being a podcast host. So I understand why she would be mad, but I just think the most epic thing to happen would be if they reunited. Like, it would be so iconic and just, you know, hash it out and stuff like that. But it's like, they could never have the life that, or they could never have the podcast that they had before. Like, because I think it hinged on them, you know, being single, dating around in New York. But nonetheless, I'm still holding out hope. Just like, I think that's what this episode is truly about. It's about hope. Me holding out hope for the Lizzie McGuire movie. Me holding out for Hollywood to stop being such fucking losers. And me holding out hope for a color daddy reunion. Okay, friends. <laughs> this is super fun. I hope you had fun as well. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're looking for more content over on Ready to Be Romance, I'm talking about the rise of Book Talk and Colleen Hoover. And then the week after that, my friend Megan and I are covering A Court of Mist and Fury, which is the second book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Having so much fun over on Ready to Be Romance. And on Patreon, I am covering the Vanderpump Rules Season 5, Episode 16 and 17 with Miss Emily Rose from It's Become a Whole Thing. I just spoke to Jessie from Jessie Girls Podcast to discuss Pink's feminism, the evolution of that, and how we talk and look and view women in the music industry in the early 2000s. Super fun content. So you can find all of that over on patreon.com slash podcast. And I want to shout out two very special patrons, Megan P and Teresa. 
I so appreciate you supporting the show, making our TBP, ha- making our TBP happen. Teresa, it's been so much fun getting to know you over on Discord. And I just want to say that I appreciate you both so, so, so much. Mwah. Have an amazing week. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at RTBP Podcast. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.